Welcome to the Software People Stories. I'm Shiv. I'm Chitra. And I'm Gaiti. We bring you interesting untold stories of people associated with the creation or consumption of software-based solutions. You'll hear stories of what worked and sometimes what didn't. You will also hear very personal experiences and insights that would trigger your thoughts and inspire you to do even greater things. Living life through a series of experiments and sharing those outcomes with us while continuously learning new things and exploring new paths. Hamsa Ravi Kiran breathes several breaths of fresh air into this episode of the Software People Stories as she takes us along her path that started as a full-stack developer building knowledge management systems to becoming an entrepreneur, uncovering the power of Sanskrit and what our ancient epics reveal to us through their narratives and finally her view on a question that's perhaps picked all of our brains at some point in time or the other of finding one's purpose tune in and find out welcome to the software people stories hamsa really been looking forward to our conversation thank you very much for uh, this opportunity i'm also excited about talking <laughs> in this podcast thank you so much yeah i'm sure there are lots of things to talk about but we can start with your origin story in terms of you know how you got into it and i know that now you got out of it yeah and then what has been your trajectory and that could be a good introduction for our listeners actually i soon after my engineering i i did my engineering in electronics and communication from bangalore and then uh, soon after my engineering i joined this uh, company called uh, that time it was called uh, reliance systems and currently it is called uh, eximsoft so it was a fairly uh, small company but uh, i i i started working there as a programmer and uh, that was actually the i i spent about close to 10 12 years there it was an amazing journey there because uh, i literally i can say i literally grew with the company so the company went on to become pretty big so there i there i think i found uh, my kind of career mentor in uh, Uh, Vandana who was my boss so i spent about 12 years there so i literally grew up I started as a programmer project lead and project and then become became a project manager so i think 2005 is when i quit i uh, uh, eximsoft because i was having a baby so i wanted to spend some time then uh, during uh, when i was uh, at home i did few projects eximsoft actually gave me an experience across uh, domains you know it was not just project management from programming coding to you know quality assurance and uh, so many many areas i actually got experience so so when i was actually at home uh, i could uh, take up projects related to quality adherence those days there was this you know iso i think uh, 99 to 2000 transferring uh, of uh, um, process documents and all those things so those kind of projects i did and then uh, since i was involved in japanese projects in eximsoft i could do some uh, technical documents which were translated from japanese to english reviews so those kind of work i was doing for some time uh, that is i was doing from home i decided to do something on my own 
that is when iim bangalore came out with a course called uh, management program for women entrepreneurs i think in that time 2007 i think it was just the second batch so they it was basically a one and a half month kind of a program where you have classes there in iim bangalore for close to about a month and then they give you a time uh, you know for you to come out with a business plan and then present it there i mean that that is the uh, this one uh so i did that course there so i presented uh, so there was we, we were a class of i think about 60 to 70 and uh, each of us had to present our business plan so at the end of the course i did uh, i presented my business plan and uh, actually stood first there so my business plan was basically on uh, this professional uh, providing professional cleaning services to houses uh, those days it was kind of a new concept it was i think picking just picking up in different parts of india so i i i had some idea but after that uh, i i i got an opportunity to join ibm because vandana was there and uh, so i i joined ibm and i had that opportunity to basically get involved in a knowledge management system uh, product so from its conception till you know programming coding and then implementation so there was a phase in ibm where i was uh, in charge of kind of institutionalizing this product uh, across bangalore chennai and i think brazil so there we had i had to come out with lot of events and programs and uh, kind of innovative kind of programs to basically get people to start using knowledge management system so that was an amazing uh, experience and uh, ibm also was i think those uh, those days one of the very few companies who allowed uh, work from home so i had this uh, opportunity of working from home um, at least twice or thrice a week so that was uh, that was very good so we were uh, it was we were doing well but somehow this, uh, this since i think i i had done this entrepreneur course that and of course i was i wanted to spend more time at home my son was 3 uh, years old so i wanted to spend more time with him so i decided to quit ibm and then uh, we i started a company with my uh, relative so called add2 basically uh, a it and a marketing kind of uh, services where we wanted to basically create a virtual network of women who can provide it and marketing services from the from home so that we were doing for about one or two years uh, that is when i started getting involved in few ngos as part of our uh, you know initial when we went out and met people and all that uh, we got a chance to meet with lot of ngos so that is when i got in uh, met with this um, uh, ngo called youth for seva so youth for seva is basically uh, an organization an ngo which uh, uh, which basically has volunteers and they connect volunteers to different kind of uh, programs so anybody who wants to volunteer for any social cause so this is a they have a huge network and then they connect they they work in different areas you know like health and environment and all that so uh, that is when i thought maybe this uh, this the whole concept of corporate or whatever was not kind of my calling or anything and then uh, so i we both uh, the partners we decided to kind of uh, close uh, temporarily pause the company and then she took up another job and uh, i joined youth for seva full time so i was there for a year as a full time this one and there the i was part of the environment group so i used to go to companies who want to do something in their uh, csr plants in the area of environment so that is when 
this the whole concept of you know garbage segregation and all those things were just picking up uh, with lot of landfill problems and all that so from the organization from this ngo um, i went we went to different places you know gave uh, awareness programs and then uh, connected uh, went to companies like uh, i think dell and all that where they wanted to do this uh, do work in uh, corporate social responsibility so that area i worked for about a year and then uh, for uh, as as an additional thing i started actually studying uh, sanskrit uh, for basically to be able to teach my son uh, because he had taken sanskrit in school so i i basically started studying sanskrit but uh, once i started studying sanskrit and then i there is a Uh, there is there are four levels of exams there is an organization called sanskrit bharati which is in bangalore so they basically train you in different uh, both the spoken sanskrit and uh, they have a four level exams and all that so sanskrit really caught my uh, uh, interest and uh, from youth for seva i took up a part time kind of it and then i used to of course i still also sometimes go and volunteer for them so then from then onwards i think from 2011 onwards 2011 yeah 2013 onwards it has been sanskrit so i completed few exams from sanskrit bharati uh, did few spoken sanskrit that, i mean you have to get trained to train others so that is a, that is a training and then i have conducted workshops across uh, many places in bangalore on this spoken sanskrit workshop i am conti- i continue the journey I, i went and did ma in uh, sanskrit from a university called karnataka sanskrit university in bangalore then did mphil and now i have plans to pursue phd so so many different things you've done i think we probably need a full season to cover our conversation and cover all the topics anyway there are a few things that i found uh, kind of interesting one mm-hmm. uh, yes of course no vandana was one of our early guests among the very few words of japanese i remember is konnichiwa so this name you know either this Hot. or arigato gozaimas ohayo gozaimas yeah. so this name Even though I also studied Sanskrit, maybe the only thing I can now say is "na swagatam hamsa." Okay. I don't know if that is also right. <laughs> yeah, that is correct. Thank you. So a lot of interesting things. So one of the maybe first pioneers of working from home. How was that experience? That that itself is a story because 2007, when I finished this IM course, that is when I got this appointment from IBM. So I wanted to spend time with my son. So I didn't want to, you know, compromise on his, uh, you know, miss on growing years. So at those days, since of course Vandana was my manager, like I said, she's my mentor. If she says anything, I mean, I, I think I will go and join any company. So since she was my manager, I decided I will join there. The day I think before the joining date, I called her again. I think it was night. I called her to check. Will I get more time? I mean, will it be really hectic and all those things? She said nothing. So she she assured uh, that you know this company will give you give uh, you know work from home options. It was actually very uh, very different. But I found uh, that as long as uh, we have a particular uh, schedule in mind and then uh, you know do work. from home i mean it became pretty easy now people say you know they are not able to have a schedule they you know they work in long hours they are not able to you know differentiate between um, work related to home and work related to office somehow i i didn't find that problem at all i found it very convenient to work from home uh, because we used to have calls and log into grid for i mean even in the during the night personally i felt was the efficiency definitely improved because you don't have this uh, you know tension of either travel 
or since you know if you have young uh, child or children at home it gives you a comfort feeling and so i think i was personally able to focus on my work much better and once in a way i had to go to office so that also gave me a connection uh, among people it's not that i felt uh, left out when i go to when i went to office it was a very good balance so it's not that you know i i i worked from home for about two or three weeks and then i felt totally lost when i went to office uh, there was a very good balance so i think that way it was uh, it was very good yeah like you say one of the challenges that many people seem to face is one balancing that time of mm. work and home and saying work seems to be stretching throughout the day but the other is also about now with multiple people working from home the other demands on whether it is bandwidth or even time for kids their studies mm. and all that were probably not there earlier i agree now with the uh, context in which we are having work from home is actually little different from what we used to have there like those days yeah you're right i was the only person working from home they were we, we, we didn't have school children attending classes in one room one person taking office calls in one room another person doing you know office work or office calls in another room and then cooking happening in uh, somewhere else you know that that situation was not there i think i work from home right now is uh, definitely a little different but personally with my experience of working from home i think about 2 years between this one as long as i think we have uh, it requires us to have a very strict discipline i think saying that no i don't uh, i will not you know take calls actually it is not required people think they have to be available 24 by 7 for any official calls when they are working at home because there is some kind of uh, i don't know i don't call it guilt but they think oh they are giving me this comfort so i have to be available 24 by 7 i i don't think you should have that thing in mind i think most people have that problem and think so you know they take call at 8 o'clock or 9 o'clock i think if we make it clear i think the productivity also improves that's a good uh, way of handling but i guess easier mm-hmm. said than done yeah, the other uh, thing that i noticed was uh, you said that you were a project manager also mm-hmm. that means that you were planning for results scheduling mm-hmm. coordinating everything else when you took the entrepreneurship course what was the learning or what was additional or what was not covered because today the reason i'm mm-hmm. asking this is um, at least in bangalore there are many say couples mm-hmm. who are in it who think that i also want to be an entrepreneur mm. and most of the time they say okay i have this idea i'll create an app and i'll launch it mm. and maybe one of us can work etc mm. but being an entrepreneur is a lot more than just being technical so okay. what was your experience of managing projects versus managing an enterprise or a business yeah you see the kind of uh, as a project manager definitely the uh, scope of work is just with respect to that particular project but when you are an entrepreneur you have to look beyond what you are actually uh, doing so you cannot say i i am in charge of this project and then you have, we have we had to look at at least in our company we had to look at we had to go talk to people sell the services that we were doing and then if they, we had somebody else working for us we were accountable for another company's uh, quality of work also so 
so at the end of the at the end of the day the buck stops with us and also we had to when you are a project manager and you are you are working in a particular company you don't worry about so many things for example infrastructure how much of time you actually spend on infrastructure you know resource you know employees you know you you when you are you can ask for a team of uh, 10 members and then they are there but when you are an entrepreneur i think you have to go beyond a project and then look at all all things you know uh, and you i mean and you stand as a you stand as a brand of a company also so uh, and you are representing if you if you have your if you are working with some other companies the quality of work that they do actually stands out as quality of your work so i think uh, those things were uh, were different and uh, you know budgeting and pricing especially the problem that we had one of the problems that we had in entrepreneurs how uh, we have to price our or value our time that we spent because you know in uh, when we were in a company we knew you know person hours person things and all that you could do when we when you go uh, when you're working on your own how do you put a price to one hour of your time became a challenge for me but that was very interesting how we i mean how we saw that and how we were able to add value and then you know put a price kind of a thing that was that was interesting so overall i think being an entrepreneur is like you know the uh, you are in, they, they say you know like the spider man with great uh, power comes great responsibility so like that uh, you have the power in entre- when you're in, in an entrepreneur to make a lot of difference but then it comes with a lot of responsibility so how much of that experience or knowledge was useful when you shifted to a social organization we find that you know many of these the ngos and i'm mm. just using the term social organization for an ngo mm. are driven by passion they do a lot of good work but probably are not exposed to some of these techniques or approaches to make it sustainable or to be able to grow to be able to attract support mm. whether in the form of uh, contributions in the form of volunteers you did say that you, know, you had this youth for seva and the network yeah. to connect and all that so where any of the, the techniques that you had learned or experienced in mm. your it career or as a entrepreneur mm. how relevant are they for a social organization yeah like you said no one of the difference is the passion because people either people running that organization or people who who come as volunteers and all Uh, the basic reason why they are there is because they they have a passion and they want to make a difference but what i what helped me was uh, this people management uh, both in the company and uh, when we were uh, as an entrepreneur when we did when you the initial uh, josh when you take up a particular assignment is very high and just like you said no be, people don't think so much about how sustainable it is supposing you are as an ngo you actually dedicate how much amount for a particular project in for you know 10 months or something like that that is not very sustainable because you feel very strongly about a particular cause in the first month most of the time we think people especially when you are when you are in, when you are in ngo you go and make a particular difference to a to a person who is actually in need of help or something so always there is an expectation that you do something very great and very noble or something like that so i think that expectation was uh, had to be you know set right among uh, among all the volunteers next is when uh, is especially with the sustainability and what is very practical supposing if you talking about i i worked in the environment uh, this one 
so you you basically we had to deal with how you can promote the concept of garbage segregation among people so you had to go go to different uh, different uh, localities and people or apartment complexes and tell them you know you segregate those days it was very it was very new and people came out with all kind of excuses so what i learned was there is a particular amount of result that you can expect you cannot expect a 100% adherence so being realistic in the kind of result that you can expect be it a company or be it a person or be it an ngo or something being realistic in what you can expect i think that was something that i learned from uh, primarily from my uh, company the entrepreneur experience because we all go saying that you know i will make this apartment if you go to an apartment complex and say i will make them 100% compliant with garbage no that is not going to be practical so you say they are going to they will adhere 60% of them and then you can still expect that to become successful in the 60% and come out instead of going with an objective of 100% and not even achieving 10 or 20% yeah that's also a very practical session being realistic in expectations and planning one of the desires that most of us have or mm-hmm. at least people keep saying that you should be a lifelong learner and you have been one even yeah. though the trigger was probably to teach your son and maybe you had to learn faster than him so that at least by the time he completes some syllabus you are ahead of him how do you keep one yourself motivated to keep on learning and to find the time to balance i think the motivation comes from the language itself sanskrit itself i think is a language that has so much to offer see any work uh, most i think at least with my limited understanding people get drained out or people have reached the saturation in their work uh, because one i think they don't find any new challenges or they don't find opportunities where they can make a difference or they ha- they don't have a way to learn something new and see that happening Uh, i think uh, uh, companies also cannot keep providing that i think sanskrit is one language that can that that is providing all these three so i don't think you need any outside motivation for you know for somebody who want who wants to learn sanskrit because if you have if you are a person who really likes i mean i'm not i'm not telling anybody likes that the challenge a small victory in in the work that we do and then as as a as a basis of that victory you know i mean as i mean victory as a basis then you move to the next level sanskrit actually has that path quite i would say quite endless because the language itself is uh, has so much to offer and there is so much to learn most importantly when you learn no there is a, a connection to a, a particular past history or past of india one which brings out the pride in us and next is some kind of an hope saying that those things can be used for the future uh, to make a difference to the society so it gives me the language you know has opened up constant uh, uh, motivation and challenging things for me to achieve so i people will not get bored with uh, by learning sanskrit so i don't think they you need any other motivation for that so and uh, i have i am able to do it because i can do it at uh, i would say this 2020 year sanskrit literally sailed us through because we had classes online classes and um, you know uh, maybe throughout the day in the night and all that so the initial tension that was there in uh, all over the country or all over the world was taken away because people say yeah it connects to you know spirituality and so many other things but i think sanskrit has helped me realize myself better so you don't need any other special uh, motivation to learn 
So how could that be used by others mm. when they want to learn something else? Of being again a learner, not stopping saying that I kind of learned and I'm tired. I think when you take up something to learn and then it, at the end of it, it actually makes you feel liberated or feel really good. I think that is a topic that we have to hold, and if we hold on to that topic, I think uh, the learning will continue because uh, Sanskrit was like that. Because I didn't, I don't need anybody else, or I don't need to, you know, force myself to sit. Even I am not a person who likes to stay awake uh, late in the night and all that. But when I, if I if I learn Sanskrit, if, I, if it is really any work related to Sanskrit, then I'm able to le- sit late. We have so many topics in this world. So if there is a particular topic that can, you know. Uh, make you do things outside your comfort zone and you are able to do it very happily i think that is our topic and if you pick the pick up that topic i think learning in that particular topic can go on eternally and before we started this you are also mentioning time that you've been spending with the ramayana so are there any and for lack of any other word lessons from ramayana you know for individuals to find a balance find peace in particularly today's environment because most of the time we hear you know quotes from the bhagavad gita but not so much from ramayana so is there anything that you have found useful that could be useful for others also yeah i have found uh, found it very useful that is why actually when i finished reading ramayana and i did a post i said if uh, we have schools we have colleges we have engineering college which will create engineers we have medical college which will create doctors and we have law college which will create lawyers but if you need a college to create good human being then that college will have only one <laughs> topic in the syllabus called ramayana it can have only that so that is what i have i have learned see the basically it is a practical application they we say you know we have to live a life of dharma and all that but now people uh, people say it is not very convenient for them you know to be truthful or to be right uh, rightful and all that but ramayana is a very it is like project management or leadership they give us case studies they give us case studies to basically show how a particular principle or a formula or something can be actually implemented and the people learn it using case study ramayana i would say as one of the way to describe is is a case study a typical case study for every human to say how they can live a righteous life without any problem now how you can make it relevant is like i i think i will uh, i don't know if uh, there is time but if you take a particular uh, situation in ramayana and then there is a there is a principle supposing i i would say uh, there is a situation where uh, the rama has to kill a demoness demoness name is tataka so there he has a dharmic dilemma saying that he has been taught not to kill women okay as as a kshatriya he cannot kill women then he he inquires uh, to with his guru vishwamitra who comes and he says i cannot kill a woman you have called you have brought me to kill a woman that is against the rule then vishwamitra says see there is a principle that you cannot kill women but this woman has been creating so much of chaos across the world by torturing and killing people if you hold on to the principle of not killing a woman when you have the ability to kill her and save so many other lives then you are not doing the right thing so the impact of following a particular so he he gets convinced and he goes he goes ahead and kills tataka if we decontextualize this from ramayana and say we are supposing a person is driving uh, he's a, he you know, he adheres to traffic rules very much if he has a patient in his car 
who is you know who is fighting for his life at that time yes he is on a road he has to follow traffic rules but if he thinks he can safely safely you know cross the traffic rules and go uh, and save the life and he should be looking at that so if you decontextualize so many situations in ramayana there are principles that we have been unconsciously and we can use you know uh, in our daily lives the answer to that question is yes ramayana is definitely relevant it is just that you know we have the story is just a means you know like a case study but if you take principles it is very much relevant today interesting i didn't realize that we've been talking for almost half an hour see one of the questions i normally like to ask my guests is uh, when people are looking at career transitions many times it is either call it the midlife crisis or sometimes even when somebody is entering the field in your case when you decided to make a change you moved to a completely different line so if somebody let's say not out of frustration with it but like in your case you wanted to do something be an entrepreneur contribute to an ngo and all that how can one find a purpose outside of it are there any support groups or anywhere they can go how can they identify their calling my own recommendation is i think to make that calling i think you should not go to a support group once you have made the calling to implement it maybe you can go for a support group after you make a call supposing i have actually i've had many of my friends and all that uh, they have a problem taking a call whether to quit the job when they have a child or something like that and all they don't know whether they're doing the right thing by doing it and all that so i think it is a call that they have to take i i don't regret my decision a bit about uh, you know uh, you know moving out of it or something but it is a personal call what matters to people at different stage people wanting four different things in life you know one is knowledge next is power wealth and comfort at different stage of life we need either one of it or a different combination of all these things i think when they are trying to make that call they have to know out of these four what is it that they are looking at what is the impact that they are looking at uh, i i would say in ibm when i when i did this cosmos uh, institutionalization event so we were given a bravo award and uh, Uh, they showed i think a big map where uh, this particular product is going to be or use or something so in the entire world map it was a kind of a dot or something i think after that and some somewhere down the line i wanted to basically think that i'm spending 12 hours or 16 hours on a work i want to see the impact of that particular work in front of me in the society that i live and i think that's what motivated me to join an ngo so i think that calling has to be done by people implementation once they make the call i think there are lot of uh, opportunities out there thanks amsa i think that is also very practical that no one has to find the calling inside and then go out for help is there any message that you would like to leave for our listeners in sanskrit and maybe also translate it okay the entire concept of uh, i think it is a subhashita that is a quote which basically summarizes uh, some of the essential things that our vedas and puranas say okay so it goes like this vidya vivadaya dhanam madaya shaktihi paresham parapidanaya khalasya sadhor viparitam eta jnanaya dhanaya rakshanaya cha basically the vidya the knowledge that we have the money that we have and the shakti that we have these three things people have so if the vidya is used for just vada that is argument 
and dhana is used only for mata just to show off an ego and shakti is used for you know creating problem for others that is the worst the proper use of vidya is to basically develop the self jnana the proper use of money is to is to be involved in dana and shakti whatever strength whatever form of strength that we have should be for protecting others so i think if this is followed individually by us i think that is what most of our uh, uh, scriptures uh, you know say i i this is one of my favorite quote which i personally believe so i i i i don't think i'm in a position to advise anything but i thought i can share this that's in line with the sarve janaha sukino bhavantu dhanyavada thanks a lot hamsa it is very refreshing and i have a lot more but in the interest of time i'll probably take it up later definitely i'll be more than happy to answer thanks hamsa thank you We thank Siddharth for the music and Malavika for promoting the software people stories. If you like this episode, please subscribe on your favorite podcast client and spread the word in your network. If you'd like to share your story, contact us at podcast@pm-powerconsulting.com.